My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com The official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a deathmatch wrestler, promotion, manager, or platform, and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent view. Welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host Rafe Houston and today I am joined by a very special guest. He's a man that I spoke to five months ago. He was my very first international guest and it's appropriate that he'll be the first ever repeat guest. Can I introduce the motherfucking honey badger, my good friend Neil Diamond Cutter. What up my dude? I'm back motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Here he is. Dude, you've been so busy since we last spoke. Uh, I remember when we, we teed up the, the first interview, you had to like get out of your shoot job and it kind of knocked you back a bit. You were working doubles and stuff like that. You've quit your job and you've become one of the hardest working men in deathmatch. You're getting all your flowers lately. People are yelling match of the year shit. You've been busy, man. How are you finding the transition to a full-time deathmatch wrestler? Well, that was the first thing I was going to correct you on is uh, I didn't quit my job. I quit my second job. Oh. Now I'm working my main job. I gotcha. Wrestling has always been has always been the main the main job. I've always told every job I've it. had, you know, weekends I have to have off. I've yeah. got to be able to travel. Like, I might be beat up when I get back. Yeah. And, like, well, can you at least lift 50 pounds? It's like, I'll do it with my arm falling off. Yeah. Like, that's just the way I am. I'm, I'm a blue-collar worker kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So, like, just quitting uh, the second job in order to make wrestling a full-time pursuit and all that, like, really made a big difference because now I have time to rest and really make sure my body is ready for the next go-around. And I'm selling enough shirts online and at shows and uh, doing enough interviews and stuff like that to where I can actually keep a pretty decent lifestyle and, you know, not really have to worry about going hungry or not having a place to stay. I love so that. It's man. been quite easy for me. Yeah, yeah. That that's so cool, man. And like you can literally see it in you, your work. You know what I mean? Like when you you're not being drained by something that you're not passionate about in your spare time and using your time and energy to do this other thing and when you can just focus on that pursuit and the like the love of what you do, it just bleeds out of you, bro. Like and and I think anybody could, that's seen your matches like would would argue that that's something you do. You give 100% every single time. And everybody thought you were doing that before, but now they didn't realize that you actually run it more like 110 when you're not dealing with all that other bullshit. Oh, yeah. that It definitely made a big difference because like, uh, a lot of people can't tell, but some of my matches uh, at the beginning of the year, like I really was not very happy with them because I could see how tired I was. Yeah. 
like there is one time down uh when I worked with John mm-hmm. and um uh Shane Mercer in the same day. Yeah. Like I drove nine and a half hours before I got there. Only got about an hour of sleep uh when I got there and then was up the rest of the time all the way through Mercer's match until like six AM the next day. Yeah. Like I was and then um uh, was that the same weekend I wrestled uh, Ruben Steele? I think at No Peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I re- I remember yeah, I, I remember talking to you when all that stuff was going down because there were a lot of matches you were really pumped about, but I also remember you then sort of being like, "Man, like I'm not all the way happy and I'm exhausted and all this stuff." And it just that's it, you know. You at the end of the day, your body's only capable of so much, so it's like pretty awesome that now you can you know, take those steps to be in the best possible position on game day. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, was it after WrestleMania is when things really took off and I finally was like, I can't do the job no more and, and quit the, uh, the second one focused everything on wrestling. And after that, everything just kind of took off, uh, was in that six man. I wasn't expecting to be in with New Jack and the Carnage Crew. That's great. Uh, didn't re- last minute replacement with Tank. Yeah. Uh, Deathmatch legend. The dude I never thought I would get a chance to wrestle. So I never, yeah. never knew I wanted it so bad yeah. until I got in there with him and got to fight him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just from there, it kind of snowballed. Um, to be honest, I can't remember the my next match after uh, Tank. Like I, really, I don't even know where it picks up. After <laughs> they blur together because you've done so much stuff. So let, let's touch on some of them. But before Tank, you obviously mentioned New Jack R.I.P. How was that, man? Like, had you wrestled with New Jack before, or was that the first time? Because I don't know for sure, but I feel like you were the last guy he like took out. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Uh, the, like as much as I don't like uh, saying it because I don't look at it as a good thing, but I'm the last dude to take a guitar shot from New Jack. Yeah. Like, that's the most bizarre thing I could ever think happened to me. Yeah. And Something he's done hundreds crap. and hundreds of times or whatever throughout the years to hundreds and hundreds of people, and, and it's pretty crazy that of all the people in the world, like, it was you. Yeah. Like, that. if it wasn't me, it would have been Akira. Yeah. But because Akira got COVID... I got thrust in that spot, and I just looked around like, I'm a punching bag, guys. Like, that's what I'm here for. Like, like I know what my role is. Like, yeah. that's a cure's role is being a punching bag. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm here for, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I I, uh, I loved you with the rejects, actually. I thought you fit in wicked with, with John and with Reed. Like, you guys looked like a unit, and it was, like, really fun. The Carnage crew were... We put on a great show as well. Like it was a really fun main event. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Loke, uh, he hit me with a gusset. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that went through my head was, man, I hope he hits it hard enough to where it sticks. Because he's <laughs> never really dealt with nothing like that before. Yeah. He gave me one good pop, and I was like, nah, it's him. <laughs> and I just ran away. I was like, no. And you were just playing my head. <laughs> That's brutal, man. And then, yeah, so Tank, obviously, uh, alleged. You said, did you say that one was unplanned as well? Like you were a, a fill in for that? No, uh, I was supposed to wrestle Jeff King. Mm-hmm. And uh, for some reason, he just 
didn't show up, didn't contact no one, like just kind of disappeared. Oh, okay. You know, uh, he, he had some personal stuff going on, some good personal stuff. And yeah. we kind of chalked it up to that, yeah. you know, life happens. Yeah. And, uh, very last minute, Danny's like, uh, we might have tank. I just looked at him. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. I know tank. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. If you can get him, I'll, yeah, I'll fight him. Hell yeah. And, uh, just went out there and had a brutal kind of throwback kind of death match. Like yeah. not until I rewatched it that I realized that it went back to what tank was good at. Yeah. And that's just brutalizing people. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm really proud of that match because it completely revitalized his career to a degree. Absolutely. Like, I was going to say, was that his first one back? I think it was right. Like, I think he was a, like Jeff uh, obviously no showed and he was around and they brought him in and now he's just back, you know? Yeah, like the day before he wrestled Manders oh, in okay. like a normal match. Yeah. Or was it one I one I am Manders or whatever the hell his name is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um one called Manders. But, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh and like I heard from people that it was really good. Mm-hmm. And I just thought to myself, well, I was like, Well, easier till the end of Mania, maybe if Jeff doesn't show up, maybe I'll get the chance to work him. Yeah. And then later the next day Danny's like, Will you work him? I'm like, Yeah, of course. So like things just worked out perfectly over that weekend, and from then on, it's been nonstop fun, man. Been going so fucking hard trying to get my name out there, and and uh, probably me versus Dale is probably the match that I'm like, I I can honestly sit here and say like I'm one of the best in the states, yeah, and that I'm a name, yeah, because that match was just. Off the wall, it's crazy. It was can't it believe was how well that match was. Awesome man, like and everybody talking about it, and not only cementing you, but in in some some scenes or whatever, in, in some people's eyes, making Dale as well, which is pretty crazy. Now yeah. everybody's all about him. That whole weekend, like he comes into it with a broken foot. He has a banger with Casanova Valentine. Then it's you guys, like. And everything he did over those multiple shows, he just showed out. Like it's it's like you just put him on another level, and he just continues to to rise to it. Or at least people are paying attention to what he was doing, whereas before they maybe weren't. You know what I mean? Like it's like the eyes went, oh okay, because I I remember seeing matches of his and being like, oh yeah, he's really good. But that was the one where it was like, oh fuck, like that's really see, cool. It, see to me, like. Uh Everyone's told me that I've had bangers in ICW since I showed up. Uh-huh. And I always look at it with a grain of salt. We're like, yeah, it's the eye of the beholder. Like, I'm not real happy with some of the matches. Yeah. But that's personal preferences. You know, I'm a perfectionist. So, yeah. of course, I'm going to find problems with everything. Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, me and Dale proved that it's not just the fact that we can work. Mm-hmm. It's the fact if you put us with someone we have faith in and is highly motivated – we can pull out the best in each other. Yeah. Like I haven't changed anything I've done over the last 18 years. Mm-hmm. Dale's changed very little over the last 15 years. Like we've just grown into who we need to be in order to get to that moment to where everyone's like, okay, they, you can't fuck around on these guys. If we see them on the card, we know they're going to have a banger no matter what. Yeah. And just, uh, someone called me a measuring stick yeah. a couple of days later. And I'm like, I'll take it, sure. I'm five foot two measuring stick of violence. Why not? Yeah, I love you it. You know, so. It's just that that point where, you know, there's there's 
wrestlers and the you know there's deathmatch wrestlers and then there's like elite deathmatch wrestlers and that's both you stepping up there you know into that same category when I, when I think like elite deathmatch competitors you know I think John Wayne Murdochs I think Reed Bentley I think Nick Gage Tremont Ricky Shane Page Neil Diamond Cutter Dale Patrick's like all of you guys are like just stepping up and stepping up and stepping up and it's really awesome. Well, I'll give a little insight uh, to my mentality. Um, <clears throat> like, uh, you'll have old school dudes tell you, like, oh, you got to know your place in the card and know what should be done here and there and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's not WrestleMania. Well, uh, I, I hope Danny doesn't get mad at me for telling me this story. It's funny to me. But uh, Danny went up to Dale before me and his match, and he's like, you make Casanova and Tank regret being after you guys. Dale came and told me, and I was like, no, Dale, you don't understand. Let's make everyone after us regret being after us. Yeah. I only want Homicide and Akira to be like, guys, the bullet on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I looked him right in the eye, and I was like, Dale, there are only two princes that I recognize as true princes, you and Atticus. That's it. There's only the three of us. Everyone else hasn't done nothing with the name, so they aren't worthy in my eyes of the name. Yeah. So they will not be called as such. Yeah. You are a prince. Mm-hmm. We hold up to a different standard. Love it. And we went out there and just did what we did. That's why at the end, like, I grabbed tubes, and I was like, let's do this, dude. Yeah, exactly. did it. I, d- I didn't actually realize that. So for, for those uh, who are not familiar with what uh, – um, Neil says about princes is he was the first ever Prince of the Death Matches tournament winner, and then the other two uh, main notable winners are Atticus Kogar and Dale Patrick's. Um, I'm not even sure who any of the others are. So that kind of tells you a little bit about that, yeah. you know. But I didn't realize yeah, exactly. Dale was, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Well, like uh, the reason why uh, I took such a shining to Dale is because uh, I won in 2010. Yeah, that was the first one, uh-huh. and they had a real long hiatus of uh, princes until 2015, and then Dale won. So he's the second after a five-year gap. Oh wow! It was that long before they did another one. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I don't think there was a prince in 2011 or anything like that. There may have been, but I'm not real, real, real clear on it. As yeah. far as I remember, Dale won the second one. Yeah, okay. And then Atticus, you know, they had a bunch of them, and then Atticus one is and made it a really big deal to be a prince again. Yeah. And that's why I brought back the whole being the original prince of death and making it a big deal. Cause I'm like, yeah, you may be the current, but I'm the first. Yeah. I'm the reason why you have that title. Yeah. Don't you forget it. You know, that kind of thing. That match was killer too. That prince versus prince match. You and Atticus like was, was uh, absolutely number two killer. Yeah. In the pit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm a huge fanboy of uh, Masada, and yeah. Atticus stole the skewers. Yeah, you know, to me, that's the ultimate insult, and I'll never let that go. That's why <laughs> he kept stabbing me with him because I'm like, nah, dude, like it's not yours. Like whatever, you know, you can porcupine me all day, man. Not gonna stop me. Yeah. So. And then you called him a cock. That was great. <laughs> oh, I'm After you beat him, to I know. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Add a cuck in the uh, cuck of hardcore. <laughs> so Those good. are my two cucks. Oh, I, this, is, this can never be too many cucks. So, <laughs> re- <laughs> well, maybe there can be, but yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so rewinding a little bit then. So 
you and Dale look at each other and you're like, we're about to show them what princes are about. And then you went out there and did it, man. Like, and there was some wild stuff going on. I mean, you were pulling <laughs> cactus needles out of your head for, for weeks. <laughs> it felt like. Yeah, he ended on 25. Oh, my God. I think that was uh, about four days ago, too. Oof. Like, right before uh, Saturday, I think, I pulled out number 25 on Friday. Oh, no. It's so funny because Weapon Master Ryan put it out there, and we're like, yeah, we'll figure it out, whatever. And fucking we get out there, and, like, it happens to me. Yeah. Because I didn't want Dale to take it. He's already had it for a good foot. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. tactics needles in his head or his back. Uh-huh. And, um... Fucking every time I pulled one out, I'd take a picture and send it to Weapon Master Ryan and be like, there's 22. <laughs> and he'd be like, I'm so sorry. Never again. What? And I, you know, that's a big joke between us now. Like, never again, Cactus. Never again. No, it's, it doesn't seem like a good time at all in any way. Like, uh, we we have cactuses here, but not like in the way America has cactuses. Like, I've never been like pricked by a cactus it's not like i've just run across one i've seen them in places and i'm like that is something to avoid so i had no real <laughs> real frame frame of reference but it doesn't look like a good time well it just it's a tiny little cactus that, that's the yeah. problem it's a tiny cactus a big cactus i think i can live with because mm-hmm. it's huge the needles aren't like huge you know yeah like tiny little needles mm-hmm. so that nearly is bad and like i just i don't know where you can find them like yeah. when I booked a tournament, I was trying to find cact like actual big ass cactuses yeah. to use, and like no one could get them for me because they were endangered down in Phoenix. So I was like, mm. "Oh fuck, that sucks." Yeah, I guess you've got to drive to the desert. Touch the desert, cut them down. It's well, it's federally illegal to cut down a cactus. If what? you get caught, that's like a quarter of a million dollars in like federal crimes. What cactus law? Are you serious? Yeah, they're endangered over here. Oh my god! Really? That's that's yeah, wild. It's, it's wild. Yeah, even if you cut off like one of the arms or whatever, just take one home. Like that's yeah. illegal too. Oh, then you can kill it. it is it what it's if so it's wild. hear me out though? Because you always used to see in like the cowboy movies and stuff, a guy is trapped in the desert or something like that, and then he comes across a cactus and he's like, "Oh, this will save me," and he machetes off part of it and he drinks it. So if you're in a life-threatening situation in a desert. And you have to drink from a cactus to stay alive. Are they still finding you, or do you think they'll let it pass? Don't become part of the sex trade, I guess. <laughs> don't I, I don't know, man. What? <laughs> like, I don't know what answer to give you. <laughs> There's other the reasons only... to be in the desert besides the sex trade deal. The, well, no, I know. I'm talking about like the excuse to cut it down. You know, oh, yeah. like you know, they get ditched out there. I'd assume. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, oh, hey, anyway, dark. Oh, this is going off the rails. Uh, All right, we're moving away <laughs> yeah, exactly. from cactus law. We're getting away from it. So um, <laughs> so you guys obviously turned it out. Was it something that while it was happening, um, you knew it was special? I mean, the crowd was going wild. Like, were you, were you like, this is this is going right? Um, When we did the standoff. Yeah. And when I gave them that first headbutt, all yeah. of a sudden I heard them saying "fight forever," and I was like, "Oh, we got him!" Yeah, we, yeah. I was like, "We got him!" Hook, line, and sinker. Like throughout the match, you can kind of feel that mm-hmm. just by the energy every time a big hit would happen. Yeah, or like when Dale used the uh, the seesaw thing and hit me <laughs> on top of the head, hit me in the side, and then yeah. uh, dropped it on me. 
like every time they all went, whoa, 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 like having fun with it. Yeah. And to me, that's when you know you've got them hooked, when they're all having fun with the moments and they at the edge of their seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I kicked out of the uh, double under pile driver, yeah. and I lifted my arm and they just kept cheering, I was like, oh, that's weird. Never had that before. Yeah. Never had just the crowd just continuously cheer yeah. all the way up to the point where we actually got up on our feet. Yeah. Like I've never had that done before. So I was like a little taken aback by that. Like, wow. Oh, this is something turning out kind of good. Like they're really, really feeding into this really well. So hopefully they like the ending and, you know, immediately right after that, we went right into the ending. So yeah. everyone went along with it and everyone cheered. And I, I don't know. It just, I think everyone can feel like the energy coming off of me and Dale. Absolutely. And you can tell, like I verbally made a point like, dude, I'm in this building. Like, hell yeah. I've seen all kinds of cool shit happen in this building. Like, how would you not be excited? And I think the fans kind of got that as, okay, Neil's here to play. Neil's going to do something, something cool. You know, some shit's going to go down tonight. And just Dale's vibe came off as I'm gonna get violent because my foot's broken, so I have to be. And yeah, just I don't know, just it's magic. I I can't. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't explain. It. Somehow I did a lion saw off the chains. Like <laughs> that was fucking crazy for a start. Because I'm always stressed when anybody gets on the chains. Because I've seen chain links break and stuff before. You know what I mean? And you go and do that, I'm like that could just snap away. Like I feel like the cables have got a little bit more give, but the chains are terrifying for that kind of stuff well uh ever since i've joined they've always been asking me like how do you think we can get the chains tighter yeah i'm like you know i give them a few options and they try to test it out and eventually we get to the point of like that where i can just hop up and just go you know and more i did it out of a lack of options because i looked around i couldn't find the chair yeah. you you hear me in the match going where's the chair i need a goddamn chair Yeah, yeah and then i just do it so, like, I don't know. You could see in the Casey Kirk's match, or uh, Casey and uh, Brandon Kirk, mm-hmm. when I face them, like, you see the chain wobble on my feet. Yeah. Real yeah. bad. And I reposition, just stare at it for a second, and whoop, whoop. Yeah. You yeah. do a perfect moonsault off of it. Yeah. So, well, you, sometimes you, you hit, sometimes you miss. Man, you, you said to me in our first interview, you said, like, we were talking about, you know, your matches leading up to things and, and versing John and stuff. And you said, I'm slowly taming those chains. And then everybody's oh, got to yeah. know, you know what I mean? And and you've done mm-hmm. it, man. Like, you're one of the first I've seen, like, diving through them, you know, through the second uh, rope and stuff like that. Like, yeah, you're, 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 you're working them out. Like, you're getting there. Uh, yeah, you can see I'm getting really, really comfortable in the chains. And, like, it's kind of like damn Moff has a cage. Like, that's his – the pit is Dude, his. I love Moff. He won the king of the cage thing. Yeah. And uh, it's just – I'm slowly – making ground on those chains and like you see with insane lane like yeah. there's a chair in the way so i ran up the chains real quick and got to the platform to where i could jump off on them like yeah i'm learning to adapt to those chains to where it's my home yeah to where if you walk in this ring like i could do anything yeah you know there there's no limit to what i can do to where everyone else they're limited to a degree yeah where i'm not allowing myself to be eliminated. Yeah, exactly. People are worried about it. They don't know how to negotiate them, and here you are as comfortable as can be, you know, in that in that surroundings. And, and that's the thing. And you've been actively working on that, 
you know, other guys will just slide in and go, I guess I'm fighting in here, whereas you've been trying to adapt to your surroundings the whole time. Yeah, I think one thing I brought up the first time uh, was I don't like leaving the ring. Yeah. If you're leaving the ring, like, it usually means you don't have anything to do in the ring. Yeah. And just for me, I always find it the challenge is how, how can I stay in the ring? Yeah. How can I never leave the ring to where I'm just caught amongst in all this chaos? Yeah. To where no matter what, there's no escape. That's why I like the idea of a caged death match. Yeah. Because there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to put anything. It's just there. Yeah, yeah. It's all in your way. Um, because of that, do you like the pit as well? Mm. It's a little harder for me because there's nothing to really like grasp onto. It's just you're inside of a cage. Yeah. So, like, I have to climb the cage to get out of it. That takes a lot of energy Yeah. to do that. That's why I like the rope yeah. when it was there. Like, I think during uh, me and Cannonball. Yeah, that's there, the Christmas like, one. Larry stopped. And I was like, you don't mind me. You just keep doing what you're doing, bro. I'm just going to get this rope inside here real quick. I need this shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, that's probably the biggest challenge is that, like, I, I like to think I can become pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Um I noticed during me and Kogar, uh, people were pretty quiet because yeah. they they could hear me grunting in such a low register, I guess. They were like, oh, no, this is some real shit. Like, Neil's not fucking around. He's really serious about this. And, I mean, and that, just, that venue and, like, you know, being outside and, like, the lights and the shadows and the, the steam coming off you guys, like, yeah, it looked like a like a horror movie, you know? Like, you guys were, like, it looked like real combat. Yep, exactly. And I tried to make it as personal as possible because yeah. I knew if I could pull off that match, I could call out Masada. So yeah. So I had to do everything I possibly could, and I took every skewer he could stab at me, and yeah. just no, nah, not gonna let it happen. Not today, son. Yeah. When when you said that, like the crowd responded you know, to you and Dale, like they could feel the energy coming off you. I feel like that's something that I relate to and I wonder whether you sort of feel it the same way I do. So I still, you know, I was in a band for like 10 years, right? And people used to always say to me that when I performed, it was like watching a different person. Yeah, so you know who I am. We've been talking for, you know, five, six months now since we first met and I'm pretty easy going, you know, like a laugh, very, very, personal kind of person yeah but like down to earth kind of guy oh thank you man um but when we would do our band discord we were were a metal band right and i used to have like long hair i used to have dreadlocks like thing and we would come on stage and i wonder if you feel it the same way i feel it when when you become the honey badger when you walk out the door i could feel like it might sound stupid to some people i could feel like an energy growing inside myself right just thinking about now does I can it feel does it feel like your heart's gonna pound out of your chest? Yeah. So it's it's not nerves. Yeah, Pe- people would I think have, it's nerves, but it's not. Same feeling. Yeah. I start to gear up, right? And my my skin starts to tingle. It almost feels like I'm glowing, yeah. And and right now I'm sort of making it happen. I can sort of become that. And I would walk onto stage and I would then project what I was feeling inside outwards. Not in yelling, but just like in the way I stood and everything like that. It'd be like, let's go kind of thing. And we would kick in and I would then throughout the course of the set, project that out of myself. 
and we were like a very aggressive band, throwing my bass around and jumping off shit and swinging around myself and jumping in the crowd and going crazy. And people were like, who the fuck are you, you know, when you're up there? And so I wonder if it's for, for you. You feel that too, right? That like, and, and it's, it's probably like a pretty addictive thing to you too when you can just step into that where you're like, okay, I'm about to become my other self, you know? Usually it happens on the way to a show. Like, yeah, okay. It starts I, early. Yeah. You're saying it's just one of those things where once I get kind of going, it kind of steamrolls into uh, just being excited yeah. to be on the road on the way there. And then once I'm there and I start seeing people, I'll be like, okay, I'll be a little bit more active than I usually am because I want to see everybody. I want to talk to everyone, uh-huh. see how everyone's doing, catch up. Um, uh, when I'm at home, I'm a very quiet dude. I just kind of sit around and, yeah. and do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it shows it's usually a buildup. Uh, like, like you said about like feeling your heart pumping in your chest. Like I get that a lot. Uh, recently it's been like a little bit more extreme Yeah. with some cases like, uh, uh, the Kurtz match, it happened, um, against Akira, it happened and against, uh, against Dale, I was actually like weirdly calm. Like I didn't, I didn't feel anything, no nerves, no yeah. pounding of the chest or nothing. It was just straight. We're going to go out there and do this. We're going to be fine. Yeah. Um, but like the bigger matches like, uh, Reed, I didn't feel it, but that's cause I've probably known Reed for got a decade now. Yeah. Um, but when I went out to face Brandon and Akira, I got real big butterflies. But then once the Neil Diamond song hit, like it was. Everything shut off. Yeah. I was ready, starting to do little stretches, you yeah. know, right behind the curtain, and then I go out and do my thing. Yeah. And once I go out, it's gone. Everything's in character. Like, there's no butterflies. It's just go out there and do my thing. Yeah, exactly. See, that was the thing, yeah. I was never nervous, no matter how, how big the show was or anything like that. I used to get nervous about gear, you know, like making sure my shit was where it needed to be and everything was turning on and everything was working. And then once that was done... And it was time to play. I could just walk onto the stage. It was just like, just cool as, and just projecting that, you know? Um, And it's probably the only thing I miss about the band. You know, I sell guitars every day. I'm around music all the time. So I don't really have the urge to do all the things that come along with being a band because it's a lot of fucking work. And I did it for like 10 years, but I do miss performance. You know, it's, it's a pretty um, addictive thing. Well, you can always have little uh, parties at home. You can invite your friends. They're like, come on, guys, we'll jam out. <laughs> I live in an 11-story apartment. I'm not sure the rest of the building would be keen for that. <laughs> All right, go to Joel's house. <laughs> He's on the other side of the Joel country. <laughs> Joel, I'm coming over, and I'm bringing my bass. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I'm bringing my bass, bro. We're yep. going to play some fun. Exactly. We're going on tour. We'll start a band. <laughs> I don't know if Joel plays anything, but if he does, hit me up. Um, the kazoo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon he killed the kazoo. All right then. So mo- moving on from that, obviously uh, the Dale Patrick thing happens. You've been on a, a big win streak at ICW. So we know we know Masada's coming up next, man. Like he's he's been like the you know white whale for you um, for a long time. How does it feel finally heading towards that? Well, like, uh, there is four companies who tried to book it 
previously to this. This is the fifth time it's been booked. Wow. Uh, it might confirm. And uh, for one reason or another, whether it be my shoot job at the time or uh, plane scheduling or uh, weather conflicts, whatever it may be, something always got in the way and, and just caused it not to happen. Like last time was uh, Crimson Crown. Uh, Crimson Crown Wrestling out in California. They uh, actually had it to where it was me and Adam Bueller versus J.D. Hoare and Masada. Mm -hmm. And, like, my shoot job got in the way, and I ended up being, like, 20 minutes too late. Oh, <laughs> I'm standing there in man. the back. Masada comes walking back. He's like, where the fuck have you been? <laughs> like, dude, shoot job got in the way. He's like, did you just get here? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, we just stalled. And I'm like, oh, I let Masada down. Fuck. Oh. So, but yeah, uh, like when uh, when Danny told me that um, that if I if I can beat if I can pull off the the win on Atticus, then I can work Masada or call him out at least. You know, that was the first time I was like actually confident that I could pull out a win on my own mm -hmm. and fucking be able to know that this will happen because Danny's never lied to me about anything yeah he's never cheated me out of money he, you know all our deals have been square and good uh like i he's a normal new york uh new jersey kind of guy you know just brutally honest basically mm -hmm. but um in that moment when i actually got to say you know neil diamond cutter versus fucking masada like i knew it was gonna happen because you yeah. don't get to call someone out like that and not have it happen it yeah. just doesn't work that way unless God forbid something happened to me yeah. before then or him, you know, which nothing will, he'll be fine. That dude's a tank yeah, and nothing can kill me apparently. Yeah. Death proof. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the, like that was the first time when I actually felt like, okay, it's really going to happen. That in five is my lucky number. Yeah. So, so I was like, it's got to happen now. If it don't happen now, it's never going to happen. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super pumped for it. Absolutely. So what, what date is that? Tell the people where they can see it. Uh, that is August uh, 13th, Friday the 13th. Um, I believe that would be roughly 10 a.m. your guys' time mm -hmm. on uh, the 15th, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, and, yeah, that's going to be a bonkers, bonkers match, especially in the pit, like, they told me it's not going to be in the cage. It's going to be a, another alteration of the of the pit. Right. So I'm just like, oh fuck, <laughs> like what now? <laughs> like they go put up a cage made of barbed wire or some shit, you yeah. know, like electrical wire or something. <laughs> like how are how are they going to make this even more complicated for me to to try to figure out in my own head? Yeah. So it's a shame yeah, it's I'm not the definitely chains. looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely probably lose sleep on the way there. I've already lost a couple of days of sleep because I'm just like, oh fuck, what's gonna happen? Yeah. So, yeah, it hurts. He he's Go the on. real deal, man. Has he reached out to you about it? Uh, no, no. I actually saw him in Indy. Yeah. You know, me being the child I am, I walked up and I'm like, "Hey, oh, sir, how you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, being all polite and stuff. Yeah. And like, I don't even think he knew that we we're working in Texas. <laughs> Like I, I don't think he has any idea. I just, I didn't even bring it up. He just shows up. He just shows up, and whoever's there, it's good to go. Yeah, exactly. 
Decided just that. Who am I beating the fuck out of today? Uh. This guy? Okay. <laughs> and that's it. And that's it. <laughs> that's what I picture when Masada walks into a building. Yeah, I know. He's, a, he's an intimidating <laughs> presence, that's for sure, Jesus. I uh, recently, <laughs> after Tournament of Survival uh, that just happened, you know how they had the big gusset fence kind of thing going on, I I wasn't aware of that that stipulation and I was saying to our mutual friend Corey, shout out Deathmatch Worldwide, I was like, we were watching it at the same time and I was like, what the fuck is this thing? He's like, oh, it's a gusset fence. Yeah, and he sends me the link to Masada versus Danny Havoc in their match and I was like, holy fuck, <laughs> this is intense. Uh, dude, uh, during me and uh, Jimmy Chondo Lyons barefoot match at Last Escavaganza at H2O, mm-hmm. Uh, someone wanted to hand me like broken light tubes, and I'm like, "Nah, I'm good. I don't need none of that broken shit." Uh-huh. And I look over, and I just see a two by four with gussets, and I'm like, "Gimme, gimme that, gimme!" No, and they like fr- fans frantically like hand it to me, expecting me to use it right away. Yeah. And of course, I put it in the corner. And I go away from it. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone's like, "Aw," like, "Don't worry, guys, I got plans." Check off his gun. That'll oh. come back into play later. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely yeah. it did. Yeah. Like it, um, I was trying to give Chondo a suplex to the outside, mm-hmm. and I had it on top of a stop sign to try to ha- just have a backup plan. You know, if he blocks me or whatever, I'll just block whatever he's got and give him a, you know, jump in tornado or something like that off the rope right on this gusset thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, he blocks the suplex like I figured he probably would, mm-hmm. and but I wasn't able to counter him, so he gave me a roll of the dice on top of this goddamn thing with gussets, and I'm just like, oh, that backfired horribly bad. Dude, <laughs> so the, that sucked. Anytime gussets and two-by-fours are in, like, the same sentence or connected to each other, it uh, it doesn't go well for anybody. Look at Cass's arm. It nearly fucking killed Alex Ocean. <laughs> like, you look at that <laughs> Daddy Havoc match with Wasada, and then you're talking about that. I'm like, you should have just left it where it was. Well, John hit me in the back with a gusset plate wolf ball bat. That wasn't bad. It wasn't too bad. It sucked, but it wasn't too bad. I, I, it's not, not a good situation no matter which way you look at it. Reed Bentley chopped a gusset into my fucking nipple, okay? Oh, that's a, that's a dick move. Yeah, that sucked. That sucked. It's one thing when you're trying to kill each other, it becomes a whole new level of personal when you attack a man's nipple. That's, that's out of line. Oh, every. Every time someone chops me in the nipple, I make sure to say it. Like, you got me in the nipple. Like, no. I make sure people know that when they're being a dick. Yeah. Because you don't do that to your buddies. No. You don't chop a man's nipple. Yeah. <laughs> it's cold-blooded. Man, I, I got to say, like, to everybody like that's listening right now, Neil Diamond Cutter is, like, the best dude. Like, I, I want to take a moment to put you over because he was the – I said it at the start of the show, he was the first guy to just talk to a random Australian podcaster out of nowhere, and he's gone on to be a massive proponent of the show. He introduced me and my good friend Corey from Deathmatch Worldwide. Um, he's, you know, uh, put me over to various wrestlers and has played a huge part in me getting the guests I have. So, dude, I just want to take a quick moment to appreciate you as a friend and thank you for again being on the show. I know it's something that we want to continue to do. 
kind of drop in every few months and and check out what Neil's up to and uh, until I guess you're I don't know champion of the world or whatever <laughs> whatever happens on your road. You tell them they're live, remember? Oh, that's you right. Keep doing it. And tell them they're live. And then we're going to do a live podcast, and it's going to be the best thing that ever happens when we uh, are finally in the same place and he finally gets to Australia. Yeah, there you go. We do a two live Facebook stream. Hey, there you go. We'll just put it on for everybody to join in and get to see yeah. two friends meet each other. And if if uh, if the world works out properly, uh, it'll be over east and we'll get Joel in as well and we can all be friends together. <laughs> Saying actually that's what I'm gonna do. When I when I come off the plane, I'm just gonna have my phone up recording. Like I'm gonna spot him on my phone. I'm not even gonna look for him after my real eyes. That way, when I spot him, it's gonna be like, "Oh, I see him for the first time." That's how I could recognize him. I could only see him through a phone screen. (laughs) There's no way to see him with my real eyes. Check his real. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The only way I know you're real is if I look down, or this, if I pull the screen down and I look up, and you're still there. (laughs) The only way I know it's real. Yeah. Oh, dude, I I cannot wait, man. So tell everybody where to find you on social media, my dude. Uh, Instagram, I believe, is uh, NDCPOD. Mm-hmm. Just look for a real bloody me uh, on Twitter. It's Fearless Neil on uh, Facebook. It's Neil Cutter, but it's so hard for me to get back. I have like six hundred requests now for friends. Oh wow! I just tell people if you. Want to be my friend? Message me and tell me where we met. <laughs> Prove <Proof> you're <laughs> a real human. I meet so many people. It's it's hard to narrow it down. Um, and everybody, make sure you support Neil's merch. Go to deathmatchworldwide.com. Get all the honey badger swag that you can. Support this man. He's doing this full time to bring the death to you. Um, Neil, is there anything you want to say as we round out the show today? Uh, was it, uh, the show I'm doing this weekend won't be on Smart Mark or IWTV. Uh, next week I have King of Death. Ooh. I've got the first round with Jake Crisp. Oh, and, awesome. Uh, was it Taipei Double Hell Death Match? I don't know what the Double Hell stands Jesus for. Jesus Christ. Uh, fire? I don't know. Yeah, that goes. <laughs> I doubt it's gonna be fire, <laughs> but yeah, um, like I've got a lot of eyes on uh, King. Like I'm really with the hot streak that I'm on. Yeah. Like I'm aiming to to become the first prince to become king. So that would be that. Epic. Like, I have a very high goal ahead of me. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully it works, bro. That would that would be awesome to yeah first prince to become king. Yeah, not only that, the original prince to become king. Yeah, that's it. The story writes itself, people. And then he wins king, and then he goes on to face Masada. Wow. Yeah, that'd be bonkers. Yeah, imagine that's <laughs> that'd the kind be of, such a turn of events. Well, that's the kind of momentum you want going into versing Masada, just keeping that hot streak going. Yeah, exactly. Right now in ICW, I'm uh, with the phrases eight straight. Yeah, eight straight wins I've had. So you gotta keep racking them up. Yeah, and as I keep saying to John, TikTok motherfucker, I'm coming. <laughs> Come for that shiny Come new belt. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I've never been never been a dude really about belts, but it's just if I got the chance to grab one and, and be the top of a company, hell yeah, yeah. I will definitely 
hold it dear to my heart. Yeah. So yeah, aim for the sky, reach for the stars. Yeah. I don't know. That's you. Like that. But either Simple either way, way, the honey badger Neil Diamond Cutter American Deathmatch Champion has a nice ring to it. King. Oh. King Neil Diamond Cutter. King Neil North Diamond American. Cutter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might as well go all out, brother. Yeah. King what of the deathmatches, Neil Diamond Cutter, the American deathmatch champion, just rolls off the tongue, people. So, I'm glad to get Larry Legend to break this up. Yeah, exactly. He's, he can <laughs> start getting in the reps now because once that actually happens, he's then going to just have to say it so many times as you go on like a two-year run of undefeated streaks. So... Strap in, That'd people. Be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, we can make it. We can make it so long. The original Prince of Death to become the 2021 King of the Death Match. <laughs> they have to do all the years. The the original 2010 Prince of the Death Match <laughs> has to do all the dates and everything like that as well. He's going to yeah, hate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, people would hate me just as much as they hate me for having all his goddamn names. <laughs> I love Mance's name. Yeah, like six hundred. I know you can't have too many. You just start That's stacking them up. Yeah, yeah. Just start stacking them up, bro. All right, Neil, we're gonna wrap this up, my man. So everybody out there for the Honey Badger Neil Diamond Cutter and for Faces and Feels, remember it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Peace out, Neil. Don't be a cock. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. Faces and Feels is a DIY project created and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram at FacesFeelsCast, Twitter at FacesFeelsCast, and Facebook at FacesFeelsCast. Or send us an email with topic suggestions or feedback to facesandfeels at gmail.com, and don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Our banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Peace out. My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com, the official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G-Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a deathmatch wrestler, promotion, manager, or platform, and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent view.